Okay, let's do the bit. <laughs> All right, we're doing a bit, but we don't know what we're actually doing. So, yeah. who so, wants to go first? So we're get, we're we're kicking this um, episode off very holly jolly. Um, so for those of you, uh, those of you who have seen Jimmy Fallon, they do this. He does this like bit where they have celebrities on, and they have to hit this buzzer, and they get picked a celebrity, and then they have to sing a nursery rhyme. We're gonna do it my favorite episode style, except we're not celebrities, <laughs> and we're gonna be singing Christmas songs. I feel nervous. Why? <laughs> if it's not good, I just won't put it. I'm in gonna the be episode. scared that Direct I don't know the words. If it sucks, we'll just have Matt cut it. <laughs> All right, can I go first to give you to give it to you? Okay. Okay. So Alanis Morissette. Oh, that's good. And <clears throat> all I want for Christmas is you. That's yeah, an easy I mean, one. That was the one I put down. Too, okay. But, um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't want the love. <laughs> Does it sound like her? Nailing it. In my head, I it sounds like her. I can't. I'm not gonna be yes, able to do it. Right. Don't want the lot for Christmas. <laughs> That first word was good. I know, but I can't like I, it's not sticking with me. It's like a lot of there is just yeah, one. Yes, that's good. That's Thing I need. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> All okay. right, I'm crying. I'm so embarrassed. Okay, that sucked, and we're probably gonna end up cutting. Yeah, this. we're probably gonna cut this. All right, yeah, Kathleen. All I want for Christmas is you. Share. Oh, let me try and think of the mom. What's the Mamma Mia song she sings in Mamma Mia 2? Fernando. <laughs> Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? The opening yeah. gasp is like. <laughs> um, I, don't, I feel like I'm just going to do dystonia voice. <laughs> I don't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> That's my dystonia voice. That was perfect. <laughs> I'm dead. You sound like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> All right, which one? What did you write down? Uh, so I wrote down Elmo. So you were almost <laughs> there with oh. your share. But um, doing what is supposedly Julie's favorite Christmas song, uh, Little St. Nick. <laughs> it is. I was actually so <laughs> mad when you guys teamed up on me. Because I have never no. in my entire life heard you ever mention Little St. Nick. When do we any- talk about Christmas songs that often? Let me out Julie really quick. So uh, Joshua Bassett <laughs> from High School Musical, the musical series. I'm getting Annoyed. Her favorite eighteen-year-old. Um, <laughs> I think he's nineteen, but yeah. moving on. <laughs> whatever. Um, they did a Christmas special, and he sings "Little Saint Nick." And Julie texted the group and said something like, "It's just fate that he sang this song because it's our favorite." And Matt goes, "Excuse me, what? I never heard you say that, Little Saint Nick." It's so good. I'm and not I, even messing around. It's a good song. It's just I have never ever heard I, you bring that song. I don't song think I out. can think of it other than "Little Saint Nick." Christmas, baby. Christmas comes this time each year. Yeah, oh, that's good. I know. Do we want to talk about what we're actually talking about yeah, on this we, episode? You Wait, have to make sure Elma, that... Oh, Elmo as that. What does Elmo sound like? Almost like Michael Jackson-y, I would say. Like, yeah. hi. Like, hoo-hoo! Oh, you sound like Tigger. <laughs> They're all the same voice, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we are here, the group, we the sure three are. of us. We got Kathleen on a mic, yo. Me on a mic, and producer Matt on a mic. Hey, three and mics. We are talking. You counted them right. Yes, <laughs> the three mics. Mics, it's here. <laughs> the, the three blind mics. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is a train wreck. Good. We're talking about the happiest season on Hulu. I have seen this three times. I love it. Me I think, too. I think it's so good. It is so good. Me and you watched it on the same night. It, the night it came out, like yeah. one, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I wasn't going to watch it. And then 
I was alone in the city and I was like, I started late. I started after you because yeah. you had already been passed and I pulled a you. I know. And I, I, and I, so Julie tends to do something where she'll ask me a question or state state something that makes it seem she's finished whatever she watched and then I'll spoil her for something by accident. And then I did this. I did that. I, I don't think I, I spoiled anything like big. You didn't. But I was still like, fuck. Yeah. Because you were like, I didn't get there yet. And I was yeah. like, damn it. I needed, I needed something that was going to make me feel good. And I was waiting for this one for a long time. It's a very feel good Christmas movie. Um, but also like very real at the same time. I've read some some scathing reviews about this movie, like absolutely scathing. And I follow a lot of fandoms with a lot of LGBTQ storylines and full fandoms circling that and there was a lot of mixed reviews which we can get into um and i totally see all the point but i i it made me so in the mood for christmas if if you take it for what like if you just take it at face value it's like ah. and then once you actually dig in sure there's some like problematic stuff but i mean Clea Duvall wrote it and directed it and it was like her story and she's a lesbian so yeah. it's not like it's not like it's someone straight writing yeah. for you know and, she, and this is because she's like a pretty well-known 90s actress like you would know her she was the goth girl in the faculty with Elijah Wood and she uh, she has a small cameo in Can't Hardly Wait as the girl who's allergic to dancing that Seth Green tries to ask to go dance at the party with her but she was in a bunch of stuff in the 90s and she was always kind of like even then, she was like the social outcast girl. So this is definitely clearly coming from a personal place. I can say, and both of you follow me on Instagram, so you know that I'm not lying about this. I've watched every single new Christmas movie that's been released on any streaming service this year. And I would argue that Happiest Season is the only good one. Um, it was not a very good year for the, uh, <laughs> the original yeah. Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And this was right there with how I felt when I watched Let It Snow last year, where mm-hmm. I was like, this stands out as like an extremely well-made, I will rewatch this every single year, or if you're Kathleen, multiple times in the yeah. same year, type movie. So yeah. I loved it. I loved The Holiday, too. I was going to say Holiday that- was fun, but I think this was better. This was better, and Holiday, it's also one where I could watch it in July and be well, like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. It's not really a Christmas movie. No. no, but it is a holiday movie, and I think that it makes you feel Christmassy, if that makes sense, even though it's all the holidays. Yeah. I think that since the Christmas is in it for one second, people always do that. If there's one Christmas scene, they're like, this is a Christmas Well, that's movie. that's what drives me nuts about Mean Girls. People are like, Mean Girls is a Christmas movie. I'm like, just because they yeah, sing Jingle Bell Rock for two minutes doesn't mean it's a Christmas movie. That's wrong. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. But yeah, no, I... I thoroughly enjoyed this and the cast is just out of control like so good yeah i gotta give kristen stewart credit for this because i'm usually a very anti kristen stewart she makes me uncomfortable like she's so awkward Mm -hmm. she crushed it in this i I became like a k stew fan after this first thing i've ever liked her in but i will say that i've really only ever seen her in twilight which i don't even know that i've seen them all but it's it's less of that and more of interviews i've seen i think that makes me feel like i had that same thing as you where i'm like i don't really care for her like meeky like weird little shy mouse thing but i really liked her in this too i mean 
it could have gone either way. They could have given given Mackenzie Davis her role and put Kristen in that role, and we would be like, "Fuck Kristen Stewart," you True. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Although I am not team fuck Mackenzie Davis's character Harper. I'm not on that side. I will say that I'm not as much fuck Harper as I am just team Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, like Riley's. I don't know. We've talked about it before. We talked about it in one of the very recent episodes. But the idea of I, I think you called them fast friendships. Yeah. Like that's the dream. You know what I mean? Like the dream is like you meet somebody and it's just like just a clicks and it makes sense and and you're just like on the same page and you just love being around each other. And I was like watching this movie where I'm like, you know, it'd be awkward if she doesn't end up with Harper, but I'd be okay with it because they have such good chemistry. I mean, that's what the whole fandom wanted. Everyone was like, fuck Harper pro Riley, which is like, I mean, it's just how it's written. Aubrey Plaza was incredible as Riley, right? Their chemistry. That was part of one of the scathing reviews I read. First of all, the, it was a Forbes review on happy season. And they, and the, and the title was, um, Crazy Rich or Happiest Season shares fatal flaw with Crazy Rich Asians. And the whole premise was that the couple that you're supposed to be rooting for has been doomed from the start. And the way they compare them is it's like um, the guy. I love Crazy Rich Asians, by the way. I'm obsessed with that movie. I've seen that multiple times. Yeah, me too. But they're saying that like, and I agree, Harper set herself up for failure. She lied about everything. She didn't tell her. Harper's family apparently allegedly has this amazing Christmas party every year in which her ex-girlfriend the entire family and her ex-boyfriend and his entire family go and it doesn't seem like Harper said anything to write or to Abby about it well, from the start. That's the thing where it's like I fall into these two categories because obviously as a straight white male it's not my place to tell someone when they should come out oh, to their no, family yeah. but if you're not out with your family, that's probably important information to tell your long-term girlfriend before she meets your family. So, so that's what the comparison is. So in Crazy Rich Asians, he doesn't tell her that he's some like he's royalty basically, and and so the rest of the movie we're watching our heroine on the defense the whole time. Like she, she sets her up for failure, and then we have to watch her struggle through it the whole the whole movie, right? And that's kind of what happens here with with Abby. You're yeah. watching her have to fight back obviously the fatal flaw is the not coming out part but even so it's like i don't care julie if i'm bringing you home to who, who just a friend an actual friend to my christmas party i'm gonna be like okay this is the shit you gotta look out for like you yeah. you warn them she didn't even warn them about the basic stuff let yeah. alone the mm-hmm. oh by the way gigantic bomb dropped my parents don't know and you have to pretend that you're straight too. So that's why when Kristen at the end or Abby is like, like I feel suffocated from the closet you shoved me back into. It's what like, a line. Yeah. yeah. What a line. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's easy to stand on the sidelines and say, oh, well, clearly she should go with Riley. But like every single one of us has been in some situation where it's like, you can't help who you love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. like Riley could absolutely make the most sense for Abby, but she loves Harper. Yeah. And like, you can't stop that. Or do you think you would like in a, an alternate universe, you would want them together, but you didn't actually want them together. Right. Like Riley and Abby. So I, I feel like with, with a lot of movies, like when you, meet a character like Riley and you see them vibing you're just like oh this is the assumption that they're gonna end up together like Mm -hmm. I really thought that was gonna happen and I was rooting for them in a sense of like 
they're perfect together like whatever but also at the same time like we're seeing them as being perfect together because they're living the same exact experience. Mm-hmm. They, if you like really think about it, they have more of like a friendship than anything. Yeah, I, I think that there is some reason to vilify Harper because regardless of if she's ready to be out or not, what she's doing is very damaging to someone who is ready to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, it's, it's telling them that they can't be themselves now. And it would be different if she was like, like, I feel like, as weird as this sounds, if she let Abby at least not have to pretend to be straight, yeah, how much of a difference it may have made for the entire weekend. But now it's like, okay, now it's like I have to hide every aspect of my personality. Like, it would be like if I was dating someone and they were taking me to their family's house for the first time. And you're like, oh, by the way, uh, my family thinks that you're an athlete. And I have to just like, I have to just wing it and pretend that I know sports and that I like care about any of that stuff. It would be the most stressful thing I could imagine. Yeah. I think that the biggest villain in this movie is Harper's whole family against Jane. Jane's the best part of this entire movie. Jane is so good. And like, I genuinely would feel bad for Jane. Like, of course. uh, Like, oh, God. But like, her character was so funny. It's like, you laugh at everything. But from the outside, like, when you're really watching it, you're like, this family fucking sucks towards Jane. My only tears were when they broke the painting Mm -hmm. and she was just like and it's like the one moment where she's like i put so much work into that and it's like oh my god like it it crushed me oh every time she was like it was something i'm something heartbreaking jane had i mean some of the best lines in the whole movie like i don't have any secrets but i am an ally (laughs) so good like she so she wrote it with clea duvall i don't know if you know that no i didn't so mary holland who um plays jane i listened to her on a podcast she is like so fucking charming and so sweet and the funny part is so one of there's there's a lot of good bits in this movie and my favorite is obviously them weaving in her book her telling people about her fantasy novel that she's writing Mm -hmm. and so on the podcast she talks about how she's obsessed with lord of the rings and that she could actually tell you the plot of that book because she like they like wrote it out Really? Yeah, like they actually wrote out a decent amount of that book and able to weave it into the movie. Isn't that so funny? That is. I forget what it's called, like the second sister and something. Something. I I love that bit. And honestly, it took to my second watch to catch that um, John Dan Levy's character is like a author manager or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't even realize. Yeah, he said that when she asks him to watch the pets. Yeah, which is another good bit. Uh, Yeah, the fish bit is another. Oh my god! So you all know that we fucking love Daniel. Yeah, we are big Daniel girls. Mm -hmm. So he actually. So I had no idea what this movie was about. No, I thought he was a bigger part in this movie. Me too. I had no idea what this movie was about. Like when I put it on, I was totally clueless. Like I saw like. Um, if you follow him on Instagram, he kept sharing that of them like talking about it, like mm-hmm. when it was coming on. I can't think of what the what's that called? What is that called? What? Promoting it. Oh. oh. Um <laughs> What did you say? I didn't say anything. Oh. I just like was laughing at the fact that he couldn't remember <laughs> promoting it. But I yeah, I was clueless on what it was about. And then when I saw that he had such like a minimal role in it, 
he's still great in the scenes that he's in. Like, oh, I he shines in with him pretending to be straight next to <laughs> her ex boyfriend that he is so clearly attracted to yeah. is like that's one of the highlights in the yeah. movie when for me. He like, I guess he's in, handsome. And when he walks <laughs> in the house and he's just like, <laughs> she's like i nailed that and she is fabulous yeah. <laughs> what was it? he's just like i don't know how many times i have to drop hints about this i'm tracking i you. am <laughs> tracking you <laughs> and then i like that a harper like took that bitch she's like i john taught me how to track you and she finds her at the end i, th- yeah. I thought that was a good way to- that's the other bit i really like too i think they're Oh, yeah. And the orphan bit, of course. Oh, my God. The freaking orphan bit. When the mom makes a comment about her being in the orphanage. Yeah. She's like, I was 19 when my parents died. Also, it's like, you poor thing. You probably never had a Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, Abby is so good in this movie. There's slight moments where like Victor Garber's character will walk in the room, which is the dad. And she's like trying to get his attention or slip him a compliment or just trying really hard to be more than just this like orphan friend that it's so devastating. Like yeah. it it's, really is. It's one of those things where, I mean, I like the movie. It, it it actually honestly surprises me that you've watched it as many times as you've watched it, Kathleen, mm-hmm. not because it doesn't hit all of the things that you love, but it also has so many stressful moments of like when they all just assume that she like robbed the jewelry store. Yeah. Like, like it just drives, cause it's like that stuff like just makes my skin curl because I put myself in the situation. I'm just like, I would lose my mind. When Mary Seenbergen asks if she knows where the brooch is, she's like, I won't be mad, basically. I was like, I'd storm out of this place. I'd be so (laughs) gone. But it's so interesting because even the articles I was reading, they say they, and it's true, they don't really give Harper and Abby much time to be good before there's already issues. And they're yeah, saying like there's no chemistry. In. Yeah, it's 10 minutes I in and we're already I see chemistry, though. I, I agree. I think that you do see chemistry early on. It's, But it's difficult when 90% of the movie is them playing against chemistry. Here's my issue. I am famously loyal to a fault and I love Mackenzie Davis. So my bias was giving her the benefit of the doubt the entire time. So like I, if you like, I don't know if if this is the first thing you've seen Mackenzie Davis is you, you might not want to see her in anything again, yeah. but San Junipero Black Mirror episode, Emmy nominated. So amazing. Go check it out. It's a standalone episode. You don't have to watch the other Black Mirror episodes. It's really really good so i am with you until the big moment for me where i was like i remember i was literally laying in bed and i like shook my head yeah was when i just blanked on her name but allison Bree's character her sister is like outs her and she denies it it, Mm. and then abby just leaves it's it's devastating. That's what you spoiled, by the way, Jewel. That part where you're like, when when Harper was like, nah, buy him out. And I was like, mm, shit, I didn't get there yet. Oh. <laughs> I was so pissed at that too. I was like, this yeah. is the time. Okay, well, that's the kind of like, the scene right before that, when Allison Brie walks in is a really good Harper scene. That's almost the, like, she's, she, they're talking about coming out. No one should be, out it or come out before they're ready right and that is a statement 
That is a fact. And it's like Harper is defending herself. She's like, I know I'm being shitty. I don't know what I'm doing, but these are my parents. I don't know what else to do. Like we had to fight for their love my entire lives. Like if you didn't do exactly right, you lost it. It wasn't something that was just given to me for free. I had to fight for it. So I can, I totally get, I love that scene. And then you're right when she denies it. It's like, Fuck. Because it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I'll probably never be in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. But like, I would like to believe that even if it was something I didn't want to talk about at that moment, if my back was against the wall, I would do the right thing. And in this case, the right thing is like, that's the moment where you're like, yeah, I am. And she's a great person. You've been treating her like shit this entire fucking week. <laughs> like, and so have I. Yeah. In Harper's voice. Harper yeah. really was not. When Also when Harper's like, I wanted to like stay at the bar. Can this, this, this? And they were texting back and, and she was not answering the text. And she's like, I need space. I'm like, oh. you brought her here, bitch. You literally brought her here. And you're getting a defensive that she's checking on you. You brought her to your parents' house. Why wouldn't she? It's your girlfriend. I know. And she's too nice. Like if Kenny pulled that shit and then he texted me and was like i'm sorry can we talk later i love you i wouldn't answer that shit for fucking really? five hours oh i'm such a pussy no i do not play that <laughs> shit i will leave your ass on red for hours well and that's like that's like that conversation that happens at the party where it's like oh yeah normally i'd be really annoyed if someone brought me to a place where i didn't know anybody mm. and abandoned me and it's like yeah same like yeah. allison brie has great delivery of these savage lines yeah she's really good in this it's so funny because i feel like people assume and they probably assume the same about pretty much anybody with a podcast but like like you talk on microphones with your friends you're probably great in any social setting but there's a difference between being around like people that i know and trust and being goofy and like plopping me in a room where i know no one i'd be devastated (laughs) i yeah when i don't know anyone it hurts me oh It, it it physically like i I need to drink so much alcohol Mm -hmm. to feel something like I was actually almost like that. This is weirdly enough, but like our five year reunion. So like I me and Kathleen, like we talked about before, like we were always like friends, but we like there was a point where we didn't hang out like I didn't feel weird around you, but it was like we weren't as close as we are now. So like the thought of and I was supposed to I remember I was supposed to go with Shannon and she ended up getting sick to my pregame or to the to the reunion okay and I had like such anxiety about going to that because I was like like I don't hang out with any of these people that are going to be here like so I got fucking plaster drunk like Kenny (laughs) had to pick me up at like 10 like it was like not and it was not a late night for me and and I ended up being fine. Like once you see people that you know, you're like whatever. Like I can and your do this, blaster but drunk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When I mean, you got a lot of drinks in you, you can talk to anyone. But just like the build, even the buildup of events where like I know I'm not going to be like fully comfortable. I just like I can't. Mm-hmm. I I end up in one of two situations, which is like I try to join a conversation and hopefully it succeeds and like nine times out of ten it doesn't and then the silence is deafening and i need to leave or i like follow the one person i know like a lap dog and i know that i'm being obnoxious and needy mm-hmm. but it's like i don't know anybody else and you're the only person i feel comfortable around that's the worst i yeah. feel like you have to yeah. follow somebody yeah. i'm a latcher too that's i i kind of felt that way at your bachelorette not that i didn't have a fucking blast but it's like once i i you're who i want to latch to right yeah. but it's like a wedding you can't latch to the 
what the bride yeah. like that's their night you gotta let them talk to other people just like at your wedding i was like damn i wish i could just like latch on i want to hang yeah. on with you oh, man we we never got the one thing that we wanted to do which was the three of us in a photo but i know <laughs> but, uh, and, but I like at your one. bachelorette i was like trying to like i didn't want to be just hanging out with you the whole time but i'm not best friends with anybody well stephanie left so yeah. it's like i was like okay what's my plan of attack here who did like, you latch to you oh i thought <laughs> like, all day you that saturday oh like, my after god she so left. that's what i was gonna say so i had a really <laughs> fucked up saturday day at my bachelor party and i was just like bugging out and the only person <laughs> that i felt calm with was <laughs> kathleen like at one point like she came in the room and i was like can you slay with me and she was like rubbing my head and I, and I was like like if someone walked in there it would have been like what the fuck are you guys yeah. doing like, and I'm like, rubbing her head she's bugging out what oh do you mean? my god like it, it was just like Kathleen was the only person that like I felt like at, like people would come in and be like ah! and I'm just like oh my god where's Kathleen it was making it worse <laughs> can we talk about the most implausible thing of the whole movie is the idea of that the two girls couldn't just like be in the same room after they were going to bed like i don't care yeah, adult Julie, women adult women like if you took <laughs> oh, me yeah. home and i'm your orphan friend we're hanging out until 2 a.m drinking wine in your bedroom it's not a big deal no one's gonna think anything of it yeah. you know what i mean i was like why are you sneaking up your best friends and roommates just go upstairs and hang out with your fucking friend you know what i mean yeah yeah it was almost like harper wanted to hide it so badly that it was like she didn't even want to be True. affiliated with her she yeah. it was like actually insane and we need to talk about the twins weren't in it much but they were hysterical when they were in it yeah like am i dying <laughs> <laughs> is santa dying am i like, dying? so flat yeah. like just like except classic zombies. issue in like any sort of corny movie where they put the fucking necklace in the bag i was like damn it it's just like an issue that doesn't need to happen and the and the random friend like the lady that was in oh making out with the husband yeah but she was also in the store yeah. and she just like doesn't remember her name i'm like damn abby's really getting the shit under the stick here i kind of wish that i i didn't really like the sloan situation like they agreed to get divorced like it, to me it would have been juicier if she just caught him cheating there in the no i think the point is that they're <laughs> both disappoint. how opposite abby and sloan are or harper and sloan are like they're both hiding something because they want their parents love so much and like she said she's like i'm nothing it like my family's the only thing i have to you guys like i'm i'm not worth anything without having this perfect family because you think i'm do nothing which i thought that was a good parallel and that's of course when jane comes in with she's an ally yeah, yeah. i guess when, yeah i guess it, does it had to sense. be that way and yeah. i kind of liked that sloan like it was a good twist that when they catch it and and Harper kind of looks like, oh shit. And then you realize Sloan already knew about it. Yeah. She's like, really? We weren't going to do this until yeah, after the Yeah, I thought that was a good twist. I was like, damn. Well, and there's, maybe it's because of the politician, but there was that part of me that thought that they were in a throuple for a couple seconds. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's a divorce. Okay, got it. Yeah. That the makes way more sense. makes me think like throuples are happening everywhere. Like, <laughs> I swear. Conscious unthruppling. Yeah. I got very excited. Uh, probably more excited than any other human being watching this when uh, my favorite drag queen Jinx Monsoon oh, yeah. shows up in this movie uh, singing uh, Must Be Santa Claus with Ben De La Creme, uh both from season five of RuPaul's Drag Race I the best season oh, it's so good that was actually a really really good fucking scene yeah. it's a really great I didn't realize they shot this in Pittsburgh oh I didn't know that yeah either. they were in Pittsburgh oh, shit. Mm -hmm. and um 
Yeah, and that's like an actual bar there. Like Aubrey Plaza and all them have been now I can't think of promoting (laughs) (laughs) promoting the um the movie light and posting all these pictures and Aubrey Plaza posted one that was like the best bar in all Pittsburgh. Like all their posts were like, We love you, Pittsburgh. it's so bizarre to me, like that all Pittsburgh's a cool city. Like never been. It's just like one of those things where it's in I mean, I'm, we're in Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia, so it's like it's pretty far. It's four hours. It's like for four hours, I could go somewhere like New York or you know, that's like other places that aren't in PA. There's something about it still being in PA where I'm like, why would I go there? Yeah, I love New York. Ugh, New York. I love it. Anyway, we can't go through this without talking about Daniel's amazing speech at the end to Abby. It's like the best. Harper not coming out to her parents has nothing to do with you how could it not remind me what did your parents say when you told them you were gay um that they loved and supported me that's amazing my dad kicked me out of the house and didn't talk to me for 13 years after i told him Everybody's story is different. There's your version, and my version, and everything in between. But the one thing that all of those stories have in common is that moment. Right before you say those words, when your heart is racing, and you don't know what's coming next. That moment's really terrifying. And then once you say those words, you can't unsay them. A chapter has ended and a new one's begun and you have to be ready for that. Can't do it for anyone else. Just because Harper isn't ready, it doesn't mean she never will be. And it doesn't mean she doesn't love you. I I want to be with someone who is ready. There's your story, which was good when you told your parents. There's my story, which I was shunned for 13 years and everything in between. And when he tells, when he talks about the moment before you tell it, and then it's like the end of an era, and you're starting something completely new. I'm like, tears, tears in the chat. It's so good. It's really good. And I really like when extra points for Harper when she's talking to her family and comes out and she I don't know if Abby's still in the room or not but when she says like I did this to Riley I hurt Riley and I don't want to hurt Abby in this way and I was like that's so good that she's like recognizing yeah. that she did this t- the same exact thing to Riley and how how that fucked up their relationship and fucked up her and Riley and all this stuff's like and then she's saying I can't do that to Abby. I was like that was a really good line and moment. And the the, the Riley thing is even harder you have to think because if her and Harper break up it's like easy to cut ties and never see her again. Mm-hmm. But like as we've established that Riley relationship was years ago and every Christmas they have to see each other and play nice. Yeah. Like, that is so well, upsetting. And even like the Riley situation is just like so fucked up because yeah. it at least like in her current situation now they're like adults like she outed 
Riley when they were in high school. Yeah, yeah. it's fucked up. And like totally left her like in the dark of being like, it's her, she's obsessed with me, which is like such a like a, yeah. I feel like anytime you're caught, like that's like mm-hmm. the main thing that people go after. Like, it's not me, it's her. Like, she's obsessed with me. Yeah. And it's just horrible. You hate to say it. You really do. I hate to say it. And you know what? Like when they brought up in the beginning where she's like, I think they like run into her in the bathroom and she's like, uh, like, is that the Riley? Like, I was thinking like, oh, this must have been like her girlfriend in college. Like, you know what I mean? Like something mm. like that. Yeah. And then when you actually find out like the story, it's like, God damn it, and, Harper. And that raises a lot of interesting questions because it makes you wonder what's the version of that story that Harper's been telling Abby all these years? Because yeah. it probably isn't, isn't the, the actual version. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was thinking, it's funny well, you said that. Well, I was you know that. that. She tells it. She, Riley says, what do you know at, at that bar? And, oh, yeah. And yeah. At, when you see it three times, I mean, you, yeah, know what you I mean? pick up little uh, details. But Abby says, oh, I know you dated, you were her girlfriend in high school. That's all I know. Is there more? And then at, that's a great Aubrey Plaza scene when she goes through it because. It's obviously, she'll never get over it, but she's an adult now, like you said. She can tell the story. It's fine. Yeah, what does she say? She was like, I, I can relate to what it's like to love someone and have them be ashamed, a, of ashamed it. to love you back or something like that. Yeah, she says something, because mm-hmm. I, I just watched it before we came, and yeah. I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. It's a good-ass movie. It's yeah. what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like if, if there was enough movies that came out this year that I were to do a top 10 list like I normally do at the end of each year, this would be on the top 10 for sure. I feel like we're not giving it at saying at how funny it is. Like I, we're talking about a lot of the like deep stuff without giving it its credit where it's like, it's fucking funny. I showed it to Kelsey last night yeah. and we were, I was loudly laughing out loud yeah. still three t- three views in i was like every jane scene just gets even better every single time it's just so fucking funny it's incredible yeah they basically the family basically uses uses jane as like their it person <laughs> it's just- every line i was like wow i didn't realize she wrote it until after the first time i saw it so after i was like She's giving herself the best lines here, man. Dude, everything she says and does is so funny. So, like, as I said earlier, like, when you really think about it, it's so fucked up. But, like, it's, it's like they make it very, like, comical. Like, it's just... Jane's just like this goofy this goofy sister that seems to be yeah. like the parent letdown. Like the mom's like, I asked Jane to run errands and she said she would, but I don't trust her, so you need to go with her. <laughs> I relate to her like a manic energy when they're they're like she's like, Yeah, my room's in the basement because I had night terrors. They didn't want to wake up. I was like, feel fucking feel you, sis. When she pops out of the when she comes in to the kitchen, she's like, Freeze, don't you move until I hug you or something and they just do it's like the most uninviting <laughs> vibes from from both of them it is so fun she's just she is like the light where there's tension almost anywhere else yeah she is the place where it's absolutely not and i liked her painting and i love when john the character dan daniel it was like i really like that or like when he when she shows the painting so yeah i I just got curious i wanted to see if this was clea's first directorial film Mm -hmm. um and it's not but i really want to track down her her first film she did this is her second one her first film was called the intervention and this is all it says on wikipedia for the plot summary is a weekend getaway between four couples takes a sharp turn when one of the couples discovers that the entire trip was orchestrated to host an intervention about their marriage oh i've i've seen it yeah and it's like ben schwartz from i've seen it this sounds amazing Mm -hmm. but it sounds great Uh, and based on how much i like this movie i want to see 
her other and I want to she's going to become one of those directors that I like look forward mm-hmm. to what comes out because she has she has a good flair for style mm-hmm. she knows how to take what could be like a cliche contrived story that we've seen a million times and does something really unique and different with it where it feels fresh and she has a ton of famous friends to really stack a cast with like good talented funny people the veep cast was raising money for george voting in georgia for this upcoming election and uh i you had to donate anything so i donated because they were doing a a table read for their episode called mother which is like stacked cast and clea is julia louis dreyfus's character's bodyguard Mm -hmm. so she who ends up being with um the veep's daughter and everything it's really good and she's so funny in it and I just watched that on Sunday night and she was like part of the episode because she's in that stream of seasons or whatever but she's really funny as an actor too so that's yeah. why, that's probably why she's so good as a director that tends to happen anything else Joelle's on happiest season are you having the happiest season I actually am this is like shockingly for what a shit show this year was this has been like a perfect December for me what like just vibes wise yeah I I have to agree with that I feel like people have decorated harder than usual this year sure for morale and I think it's because like it's been dooms dooms year yeah so like I love Christmas lights. I'm loving all these things that places are doing and like to social distance, like they're still having these like light shows, but it's like in your car, which is like the perfect thing for me because I fucking hate walking. <laughs> and the cold. You just get to sit there with walking the air condi- in the or the heat cold. on. <laughs> and we just went to this place this weekend in Jersey and it was amazing. Um, you like drove through. It was like a 20 minute drive through and there was a specific radio station that you put on. And it matched the lights. Awesome. Very cool. It was amazing. It's a lot of Christmas, like a lot of holiday vibes this season. I've been I've been really loving it. And I just love the I love my tree up. Love it. I think COVID Christmas has done kind of the same thing that everyone was kind of feeling in like March or April, where like there was actually kind of a niceness of being forced to like slow down and like take in life. And I think that so much of like the normal December for me is like, well, I got to run and meet up with these people and I got to go to the mall and do this shopping. And I like I don't actually have time to like just sit and have a cup of tea and watch like a good Christmas movie yeah. and just like be present. Yeah, I, I feel like just like working from home in general makes me feel like. I spend more time with Kenny and family than I did like when I was in the office. Yeah. Um. Like when I was in the office, I'd get home at like six six thirty. Once like I got back with traffic, like I leave at four thirty, and sometimes I it would take me like an hour and a half because traffic was stupid. And then I would just make dinner and we would go to bed. Like we didn't. So the like not having a commute and just like being home all the time. I think that's like another reason why like Christmas is hitting different this year. Yeah. It's like I have so much free time to just like chill and i literally have like christmas movies on the tv while i'm working and then like i go and do christmasy things after work like Mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna make cookies i'm gonna do this thing i'm gonna do that thing like he's gonna do his christmas podcast yeah christmas 365 yeah promotion i've been saving them up because i usually all my all my podcasts are backing up because i'm not walking outside anymore because it's freezing it's it's too dark and too cold so when i so when i go i can still go to planet fitness or whatever but i i watch tv instead like I just put my phone up instead. Do you of, remember? Yes, I know what you're gonna say when you're like I'm watching. Wait, is it? Were you like I'm watching you or something? No, you were like, <laughs> you, I texted you something and you were like 
sorry, I'm at the gym. Yes, bragging about the gym. And I was like, oh my God, Planet Fitness. I'm on the elliptical. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> and then I text her quick, like five seconds later and was like, stop looking around. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's that was so good. maybe five years that ago. That was a long, long time Yeah. Ago. Anyway, that was the happiest season. <laughs> uh, we have to cut it up because we have another episode that we're recording that we're going to rant for another hour. So... We're cutting this one off. Have the hap- happiest season of This has been My Favorite Episode Up. My Favorite Episode Up is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Julie and Kathleen. Check out our show notes for all of our socials and email us at myfavoriteepisodepodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll be back next week with another episode of My Favorite Episode Up. listening to the Geekscape Network.